You're listening to The Devoted Podcast, where our desire is to be women devoted to the Word of God. We're so glad you're here, and we pray you'll be challenged and encouraged as we look to God's Word together. Hey guys, welcome to The Devoted Podcast. So glad you guys are back with us. We've had all kinds of, I've had a bunch of different guests on in the last couple weeks. I know we've been spreading them out, but today's is a real special one to me because this gal is someone I have had the absolute blessing and honor to work with very closely as we do our Bible study book. So today you guys are going to hear from Drew Fuller. She is one of the most talented, just artistically beautifully gifted people that I have the opportunity to work with. And the reason, and and we're going to get to that today, that makes her so remarkable is that she chooses to really be surrendered to what the Spirit is doing and the giftings and the talents that the Lord has given her. So Drew, now that I've made you remarkably (laughs) uncomfortable... Thank you for joining me on the podcast. Thank you for having me. This is so fun. <laughs> so fun. I realized, I thought Drew had been on the podcast before, but she she says I have not swindled her yet. We're not in my closet. I know you can't see me, but we did come into the church, so it would have been a little, little tight, but we've done it, right? We've done it. Becca's in here too, so she's nodding and smiling at me. So, so first of all, why don't you tell us how long you've worked here at mm-hmm. AV? what you do, sure. what you love about what you do. Maybe just give us some background. So I have worked at Athey for coming up on eight years, five-ish of which have been as a graphic designer. That's been really cool because when I first started here, I was working at the front desk and you know doing all the office stuff. And then one day it was like the Lord just hit me over the head that I'm supposed to be a graphic designer. And thankfully, I have the opportunity to do that here at the church. So I've been doing that for a while now, and I'm the senior designer here, and I've been working with you on that for a while with the books and everything, and I just love getting to communicate the story of the gospel visually and to be a little bit more of a face to what we're doing, where there's the words, but I get to show it, and just connecting with people in a different way. It's been a huge blessing, and I just really enjoy it. (laughs) So let's just tell podcast audience, what it is like when you get a, a book, mm-hmm. a manuscript, a, I don't know, what, whatever you call the mess that I give you <laughs> when you get a Bible study book. So let's see, we've done four together, five? We're on our sixth. We're on our sixth. <laughs> We're on our sixth. And so I ha- don't have a creative bone in my body. I'm sure like probably somebody nice like Drew would go, oh, Amy, that's not true. There, There's something in there. There probably isn't. But I get so impressed when I hand you this, you know, hundred and whatever page, all these words that are just, they're not pretty. It's not laid out in any kind of way that would be artistically pleasing mm-hmm. at all. And I hand you this document digitally. Talk to us about what the process looks like when you get that, what yeah. do you do with it? Well, first of all, I would like to say that you are made in the image of the creator. <laughs> so you. you do have a creative See? bone in your body. <laughs> She's right. She's bringing in some Elohim. He is the creator God. And so yeah. in the image of God, I stand corrected. Yeah, right. it just looks different for everybody. That's right. So when I receive the book, it is a pretty hot mess. And it's usually like 200 pages of just straight text. And so what I do is you usually give me a couple months in advance. You'll tell me like what the next book is. Is going to be. So I'll kind of start praying over that. And then I just ask the Lord to give me his creative spirit, because that's the first thing we see the Lord as in the Bible is the creator. And so he gives us that creative spirit of his to fill us up to do his work. So that's the first thing I do is ask him to fill me with his creative spirit. And then I'll go through, usually we'll be doing like 
Galatians or, you know, a book of the Bible. So I'll be able to sit down and just read through that book and kind of, you know, read it a few times and pick out some imagery that I see there. When we do like the gospel of John, that was a little hard, or like the names of God. I couldn't just sit and read the Bible like right, five right. times and, and picture, you know, get all the the imagery from that. But I'll go through and I'll find some imagery. For example, Galatians, there was a lot of imagery of like light and dark and death and light. So we we took a lot of things that were juxtapositions of like candles and darkness and like dead flowers or dry flowers and live flowers. So we, we take these imagery and try to communicate what you are communicating through your words. And then from there, we usually make this huge photo shoot that's got lots of people involved with it. And often we have multiple photo shoots of that. And I don't know, from there, the Lord just kind of, he gives me a vision for each book. And I don't say that in a weird way, but like in a I just have this picture of what the book's supposed to look like. And I don't always understand why until we start talking it out. And then sometimes I'll be like, oh, that's why I have that picture in my head is because this represents the Lord in that way or this shows that story in that way. So like for the names of God, I wanted to use Impressionist paintings. And when you and I were talking about it, you were like, oh, yeah, because it's not super detailed artwork. It's like we see the Lord through a glass dimly. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that's why the Lord has given me that that thought of doing that. That was probably my favorite with the Names of God study because the vastness of who God is just cannot be captured. Personally, like my style doesn't necessarily lean towards an impressionistic kind of art style, but it was absolutely just perfect for what we wanted to communicate as how we can beautifully see God but we can't see all the details as refined as the Lord would make them if he could create that. I loved that. But that's a great example of something where I had the words that was saying something. You had the picture for what it was saying. And and it's a great example of how the Lord really just brought it together. And I do feel that when we get together, and this is one of the things that I really depend on Drew for, is to kind of provide that image for what I can't quite put into an image. And probably vice versa a little bit. You're like, I don't know exactly what the words are for this, but this is the picture of it. And so it, it is really helpful that we do sit and we do talk about these things. But like you said, before you even launch on this, you just spend time in prayer. And I love that because that's the same thing I do on on my end when before a single letter is typed is just asking the Lord, what is it that he wants with this? I wanted to start with just kind of giving gals just a background of what that looks like because the books and how you have been able to use your skills in a very skillful way, it's come through so well and, and gals are so blessed by it. But there might be a lot of people out there that are listening going, well, I am not. I'm not a painter. I'm not a photographer. I don't have some amazingly creative talent, perhaps. But we all can use the gifts that we have for the Lord. Before we came on, I was talking about the story in Exodus where Moses and God are having a conversation. And Moses is saying, please don't send me to these people. And God says to Moses, he says, what is in your hand? And it's a stick. It's nothing exciting. But we all have something in our hand. So as a creative, and but just as someone who has taken the things that are in your hand and used it for the Lord's glory, what would you say to just kind of encourage gals that are trying to figure out what's in their hand and how to use it? Yeah. And that story of Moses is something the Lord has personally been teaching me about because a lot of times I feel like, 
okay, I can do this. I have these skills, but I need somebody to come alongside me and do it with me. But in reality, the Lord has given you everything that you need to do what he's asked you to do. It's literally just a stick in your hand, but it's like, that's exactly the stick the Lord needs to use. So I think a lot of times we put too much pressure on what we think creativity should look like or what we think the Lord is asking us to do. In reality, like the Lord has shown himself in so many different ways. And there's so many different ways that we all have different skills and can use those to glorify the Lord because every skill that we have is different from each other, right? So the skills I have are going to glorify and show part of the Lord in a certain way. The skills that you have are going to show a different aspect of the Lord's character. So I would just encourage people like, don't try to compare yourself to everybody else and like what their creativity is and what they're doing, but what has the Lord called you to do? And remember, like he's giving you all that you need to do those things. And even Brett talked about this weekend, you know, God's commandments are his enablements. So if he's calling you to do that thing, just trust that he's going to help you to do that thing because he will. And he, he wants to walk with you through that. And what an abundant life that is when we walk straight forward into what the Lord's calling us. Well, when you said comparison, that's a brutal one. And girls, we're terrible at this. We are constantly comparing. It could be whether it's if you've got kids and you're comparing the party you threw for your five-year-old and the party that your neighbor threw for their five-year-old or, you know, the list is long. The way we decorate, we're going to compare that. They have an eye for this. Oh, I just don't. And so, you know, and we're constantly doing that. I love that story from exes that we just talked about because I actually think we probably need to all be humble enough to go, we're all just holding a stick. Yeah. It's all just a stick. It's really not that flashy. Maybe some people make their stick look a little (laughs) bit flashier, but it's the Lord that's actually doing something with it. It doesn't even matter what the it is. We all have sticks. Well, and you probably shouldn't like be bedazzling your stick because then you're glorifying what's exactly. in your hand instead of what the Lord is doing through that thing. Yep. Isaiah 43, 7 says, everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and I made. And there's another one in Revelation 4.11, if you want to look that one up. The point is, is that we are created, our whole purpose is actually not to have the most amazing stick, the most amazing talent, and the most amazing thing that can impress everyone with. We were made for his pleasure, for his glory, and he allows us to use the gifts that he has given us to then benefit his people. And I love those two things, but it's such a perspective shift for us to go, okay, I'm not doing these things because I'm wanting to make sure that I point to me. And that's a trick, but we've got to have that understanding first and foremost, that if you're looking for how you can use your skill, how you can use the thing that the Lord has put in your hand, it needs to be not for your benefit, not for your glory, but for his. Yeah. Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should work in them or walk in them. And that to me is like, well, we are his masterpiece and we are made for good works that he wants to do through us. It's not good works that we want to do for the Lord. It's we are that piece of work for him to do for him. Not bringing glory to ourselves, but bringing glory to him. We're like the tool in his hand, yeah. you know, and even that is by his grace that he mm-hmm. would want to use us in, mm-hmm. in those things. But I love that verse you bring up in Ephesians too, because that uh, when we talk about workmanship, it is the Greek word poema, which is this artistic 
creative, like you're saying, your masterpiece. There's that creative element to that word, and I think it does exhibit the creativity of the Lord. But then when it says that the workmanship, the poema that he prepared in advance for us, like he already knew what was going on. And I and I think that's a good reminder too, because sometimes we can sit in our situation and go, well, I'm not doing anything. I'm not, I don't know. I'm just kind of stuck. And we forget that it's really not on us to sit here and go, oh, I need to do this and this and this. The workmanship has already been planned and he already knows what it is. We just have to walk in it. So when you take us back to before you decided to do a graphic design, you said you're working here at the church and that kind of stuff. What was it about those things? And, and maybe even what was involved in getting to a place where you did what you the Lord was calling you to do skillfully? I've always been an artist and my mom would always say if you don't use your skills you're gonna lose it mm. and I was I'm like she tried to make a biblical case for that and I'm like I don't know if <laughs> you can but okay so I I've always tried to keep creative but I was working in the front office doing like admin support and it was my job every week to cut the flyers and previously I had been like praying, you know, Lord, what do you have for me in this season? Like, I feel like I'm just kind of floating along. I don't have a lot of purpose. So as I'm cutting these flyers, one day I was like, you know, Lord, I could do this. And I have these little conversations with the Lord. I'm like, I could do this. And he's like, yeah, you could do this. And I was like, I could do this. <laughs> he's like, you could do this. And I was like, I could do this. And he's Meaning like, like, create the flyer that you're cutting. Right. Like yeah. I could, I could be making these sort of arts of work or works of art. I could be, uh, you know, working possibly at the church, bringing things, you know, just to glorify the Lord and, and to edify the congregation. And so at that point I started praying, well, is this, you know, I've been asking you for a little bit of a push in the right direction. Is this that push in the direction? So I met with one of the pastors here and he totally encouraged me in it. So I started moving forward, going back to school. And then I thought when I went to school for graphic design, I was going to love doing branding. I was going to love doing package design. And I thought I was going to hate doing book layout. (laughs) That's ironic. It was completely the opposite. I hate branding. I hate package design, but I love book layout. And then you came up to me. I don't think I had even graduated yet from school. And I was still working in the front office. And I think I was doing an internship with the church at that time. And you were like, what do you think? And you and I didn't have a huge relationship at that point. We hadn't ever talked about anything like this. And you were like, what do you think about doing some Bible studies? And I was like, "Um, yes, (laughs) please. So it was just to me, like that is such a picture of how the Lord went before me. He led me in the way to go back to school. And then he led me where my skill set really is, which is in book design. And instead of striving to be like a good branding designer so that you and I could be working on these books that are then like going out to thousands of women all over the world. And that's just, I think, how the Lord went before me and my story and that. And I just love looking back on that because it's just so, to me, so obvious the way the Lord worked Mm -hmm. through that. You could just really see his hand in it too. What do you think about things? You know, sometimes there's things that when we are, like you're working on graphic design and you thought you were just going to love branding, where do you get to a point where you're realizing, okay, I don't really love this, but I am called to it and I need to push through and overcome and, you know, actually get through this. And when do you realize that, nope, this is needing to shift gears and go a different direction. Man, that's a tough one. I think ensuring that you're called to something takes a lot of prayer 
And it also takes people who you trust speaking into your life and are saying, yeah, you are gifted in that area. Because you need people to have that have your life that are going to say, that's not really your strength, you know? Not just anybody, but people that you trust. That's a great point, though. And that kind of makes us look back at our friendship podcasts and kind of things like that and the people that are speaking into your life. But that is so important. And we need to remember that we don't need a bunch of friends that are constantly telling us that we're the smartest and prettiest in the room. That is not what you need. You need friends that sharpen you. Iron sharpens iron. And, you know, Brett always talks about the example of the people that sing on American Idol and they cannot sing. And someone really, really, really should have told them, this is not your thing. But it is important to make sure that you have those friends. Now, we don't always want those ones. We don't always proactively. <laughs> Sometimes it's hard. <laughs> it is hard. It can be hard. But we need to do that. But backing that up from what you said to start with, pray. Praying about that. And, and maybe even thinking about what does it look like? Have you even really asked the Lord, what is my calling? What is it you are asking me to do? Exactly. I think, you know, taking time away to search the scriptures on that too. Like there have been times in ministry where I felt like I'm done with this. This is no longer what I want to do for you, God. <laughs> and I had to go away for a weekend and pray through it and say, is this where you have me? Is this what you're doing for me? And at that point, it was like, yeah, I am still supposed to do it. And the Lord renewed my love for the ministry that I was doing. And then it turned out a short time later that I was no longer in that ministry because it was just life had taken me a different way and it came to a like a good end. But I think I just was getting burnt out with it and I wasn't seeking the Lord in that ministry. So then when I was able to go away and seek Him and get refreshed and be reminded why I started doing that ministry in the first place, it was like, okay, I'm ready to go. But I also think the Lord was kind of bringing me to the end of it Himself, where I was like, this isn't going to keep going, and I kind of need you towards the end, but I want you to keep working until you get there, if that makes sense. So, you know, taking time to seek the Lord through prayer, through word, through, you know, the people around us. And if we do feel like we're being called to that, like we got to work our hardest at it. What is it? It's Colossians 3.23 says, whatever you do, work hardly as for the Lord and not for men. So then I guess you also have to like, why am I doing this? Yeah, Am yeah. I doing this for the Lord to bring Him glory? Or am I doing this to satisfy myself or to see how other people are looking at me? And, you know, putting all your skill into that thing, trying to be the best, whatever it is. You can be like Joseph. When he was in jail, he was the best prisoner he could be. You know, obviously Joseph didn't want to be there, but the Lord called him to be there during that time. And then when do we call it quits? I think, you know, if all those things that we just talked about are kind of pointing away from it, then that's when you say, okay, Lord, where do you have me? This obviously isn't what you called me to. I think of Paul when he really, really wanted to go to the Jews, but the Lord really wanted him to go to the Gentiles. At some point, he had to come to the point where he was like, okay, so that's not what you have for me, Lord. What do you have for me? And then he had this incredible ministry ahead of him once he kind of was willing to step away from that other one that he wanted to do. Mm -hmm. That's so good. We're just likely to go, well, we want to do the thing that makes us happy. 
we want to do the thing that maybe has other people look at us and go, wow, they really have it all together or they're really talented and they can do all those things. And every one of those types of thoughts need to be taken captive and surrender to Colossians 3.23 of, am I working for men? Am I working for, even I want to say as gals, there's so much messaging out there of, you know, you can be a girl boss, you can do all the things and you're amazing and, you know, dream big and all of that kind of stuff. And I do think as far as like, if the Lord puts something in your hand, there is no limit to the places that he may take it. I mean, his horizon is far beyond what we could ever possibly imagine. But it's what you said a few minutes ago about why are you doing it though? What is the motivation there? And the heart has to really be examined with anything that we're going to do. Yeah. Psalm 115.1 says, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory for the sake of your steadfast love and faithfulness. And it's like, that's the crux of the matter. Like, that's why we're doing these things for his steadfast love, because he has been faithful to us. That's our outpouring to him in those things. The other thing that I just am hearing as, as we continue to talk, you just keep saying things about time with the Lord, really asking the Lord about this when you're at the paper cutter and you're like having these little chats with with the Lord. I hope that listeners, I hope you guys are hearing how much that this is a running conversation that you're having with the Lord. This is not something like, you know, where you're taking your mealtime prayers kind of thing and going like, well, I prayed about it and I still don't know what it is that I'm supposed to do. There is some time and there is some relationship with the Lord that I think is done that I think sometimes we skip past and we can get really frustrated. I always think of you have friends with like little tiny kids and they're in that mundane world, they feel like, of changing diapers and nap schedules, you know, and feeling like, what am I possibly doing right now? The, the Lord sometimes works with the mundane, with the stick. And there's seasons in your life that look very, very different, you know? So how do you think that we can encourage gals that are kind of in that waiting season of just like, man, I know that the Lord has something for me to do for him, but to be patient for that, that he has. Man, that's a great question. I always tell people that you can't steer a parked car. So yes, waiting on the Lord means not rushing ahead of him and being patient and listening and sitting at his feet. But also like, I'm always encouraging people to test things out. Like if you think this is maybe where the Lord has you, test it out, but be open to him shutting the door and listen and, you know, try to hear him out. And a lot of times if you're prayerfully walking forward in something, the Lord's going to make it very clear to you either way. Sometimes it's like, man, I just don't know. So you kind of keep just pressing forward until the the Spirit of the Lord makes it clear to you. And that can be through the Word. That can be all the things we just said. The Word, you know, time with fellow believers, prayer, all those things. But when we're just kind of just sitting there and waiting, saying, okay, Lord, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. What's next? I think we miss a lot of what the Lord's doing. So try things. Ask the Lord, do you want me to try out knitting? Is that something that I can bring glory to you? <laughs> yeah. in, you know, is gardening maybe something I can do for you? You know, I think the things that we're passionate about too, the Lord wants to use and he can really use anything. Like if you are clipping coupons and stretching your budget, the Lord's going to use that. You know, that's something he can do for you. And that's a mundane thing, but it's something that can still bring glory to his name in that. You could be a plumber or, you know, car washer, bringing glory to Lord's name. And so I think having that attitude of doing all things for his glory, 
whether or not you're waiting for the next thing, you're still bringing him glory in what you're doing now. That's such a good reminder because we, whether or not we're looking for the ultimate goal, that's probably like 10 years ahead or 15 years ahead and just seems like amazing. We, we like the shortcut. We're like, let's just jump right to that. But you keep saying things that it could be the simplest thing. And when we've talked about just what's in your hand right now, everybody listening to this can ask what is in your hand right now, what's in your hand could be a steering wheel and you're driving around kids all day. But that is what is in your hand right now. And the question is, what is it that you can do with that to bring the Lord glory? It says in Exodus 35, 21, and they came, everyone whose heart stirred him and everyone whose spirit moved him and brought the Lord's contribution to be used for the tent of meeting and for all its service and for the holy garments. So they came, both men and women, all who were willing of heart, brought brooches and earrings and signet rings and armlets, all sorts of gold objects, every man dedicating an offering of gold to the Lord. Basically, what I see here is people bringing what they had and giving it to the Lord. And then these things, if you read on, it's talking about how they were melted down and used for the implements in the tabernacle. And I mean, that brought such glory to the Lord. But it started out as brooches and earrings and like these simple things that they just had. So I think really just what you have bringing it to yeah. the Lord. I mean, it's so simple, but it's so profound at the same time. But the Lord really wants to use you in every single way possible. And it doesn't have to be a huge thing. And I think also when we're like waiting for that huge thing that we're like, okay, this is the vision the Lord has given me for my life. I'm going to do that. You miss out on all the little things the Lord's doing along the way. And then you're going to get to that point And then you're going to be like, hey, now what? <laughs> but the Lord's still working through you in all those ways. So, But I love how it talks about how their hearts were stirred and their spirit moved them. And they were willing of heart to do these things. We got to have the spirit moving in us, asking the Lord for that spirit, whether it's the spirit of creativity or just, you know, he has all these different faucets of who he is and who his spirit is, asking that spirit to come on us so that we can be doing these things for him, having that willing heart and letting your heart be stirred to do those things. The Lord's going to do huge work for you if you do that. We keep talking about that Ultimately, it's the calling of all of us to bring glory to the Lord. And I've had people, even well-meaning Christians, say, well, okay, yes, ultimately bring glory to the Lord, almost like that's supposed to be some trite or cliche thing. And I actually always get a little bit offended by that because I don't, that is not cliche. And it's not trite to say that your very existence and every single thing that you do today should bring glory to the Lord. It it just isn't. So if, if people say that, okay, maybe they're trying to be well-intentioned, but it truly is our purpose. And it helps us then to examine everything from the big to the small and put it in the right light of what it is. And so be encouraged that regardless of how small or big, it is something that if you're doing it for his glory, but see, that's the catch. That means you got to make a check and you got to go, it's not for mine. It's not because I'm trying to climb some ladder and make a name for myself and, and do more and do better and all of that stuff. Man, that is such a trap. And it's a trap that the world puts for us. And it's really kind of miserable. When I think of the gals that I have known, even some Christian gals that maybe chase that a little bit, they're usually the ones that are just exhausted. Like they're tired. And not satisfied. Really not satisfied. Yeah, it's so true. So one thing you said, we've talked about a little bit that the Lord does, His Word does encourage us to be skillful about the things that we've done. We were reading earlier Exodus 31, 5, and you just kind of talked about this with the Spirit of God moving. But I, I loved this, that it says, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with ability and intelligence, with knowledge and all craftsmanship. 
well, I guess I'm not even getting to the skillful part here, but it's even saying that he has given us that, like recognizing just from the get-go, regardless of what talent or skill that we have, he's given us the ability, the intelligence, the knowledge, and the craftsmanship to do all of those things. It's such a great reminder. But then it's in 3510 of Exodus where it says, let every skillful craftsman among you come and make all that the Lord has commanded. And I think this hinges a little bit on what you said earlier about his commandments or also his enablements, that he has commanded us to do these things, but he's calling all the skillful craftsmen. So the reason I bring up the skillful thing is because sometimes I think people think that you just should have a natural proclivity for something, that it should just, if you're called to it, then it should just come easy for you. But that's not always the case, right? How can we think about that maybe a little more rightly on the proper balance between maybe something doesn't necessarily just come naturally and there is just some effort and some skill, some sharpening that needs to happen to improve that skill? It says that, you know, we're God's workmanship to do the good work that he's put before us. Like, it's work. You have to put a lot of effort into it sometimes, and that's okay. You know, the Lord worked six days and then rested. So, like, he worked hard. I think we have to put the work into it. And I think if our heart is, I want to do the very best that I can to bring glory to the Lord, you're going to work hard for it, whether or not, you know, you're called to it or not, we're not talking about if you're called to it or not, but if you have the skill set is what I'm trying to say, naturally or not, the Lord, I mean, we can go back to talking about the burning bush. Moses was like, I can't talk. I am not eloquent. Like I can't do these things, but the Lord was calling him to do it anyway. And I think he really missed out because he was like, no, I need somebody else to do this. Like the Lord wanted to use Moses in that way, which means that Moses was able to be used in that way. So we just got to I don't know, trust the Lord to enable us to do those things. A while back, I was I was reading through the, the gifts of the Spirit, and I was reading through a prophecy and how we should be asking above all things for prophecy to be the gift that we receive. And that, you know, being edification, exhortation, comfort, words of all those sorts of things. So I started praying that the Lord would give me comfort to speak to people, exhortation, the gift of prophecy. And I'm thinking because I work with the young adults here at the church, I was thinking, okay, one-on-one, I'm going to meet with these girls, and the Lord's going to give me a word for them. Well, then I was asked to share my testimony with the young adults, and I was like, um... Did I pray for this? Wait, wait, hang on. <laughs> I was like, this, I don't do this. But I knew I'd asked the Lord to give me the spirit of prophecy. Even though I was, like, shaking and I was so scared, like, I went into it knowing that whatever I said, because I had asked the Lord for that, He was going to do that. And, man, I barely remember anything I said, because I'm pretty sure I blacked out. <laughs> But I had several people come up and ask me questions afterwards that had to do with what I had been through, and it touched them. And then that night, Becca came up to me and was like, want to come speak on the devoted panel? And I was like, another opportunity for the Lord to— like- Have you stopped asking the Lord for this spirit of prophecy? <laughs> I mean, I'm right here I'm doing the podcast. <laughs> That's exactly so. <laughs> But, you know, I had to walk— in that, knowing that I had asked the Lord for this and He was going to do it. Like, that was just me trusting Him. I didn't have the skill. I don't have public speaking skills. I am terrified by the thought of it. But I knew because I had asked the Lord, He and He had called me to do it, that it was going to be done. You know, He was going to give me the skill to do that. I love how you noticed, though, that it wasn't exactly how you had imagined it. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you're praying for this and in your mind you're thinking, oh, this will be great. There'll just be these one-on-one conversations and and this is my thing. And then Mm -hmm. the Lord does something totally different with 
what you have. I think I was trying to limit him. And like, right. I was like, okay, I'll do what you're calling me to, but only to this extent. Yep. But he wanted something so much bigger. Drew, let me ask you this. When you look in Matthew, so Matthew 25, that gives us the parable that Jesus gives where he talks about the parable of the, of the talents, you know, and they're talking about talents actually as money, not necessarily like a talent or gifting, but I think you could use it in the same way. And let me just read a little bit so we get some context, but it says to one, he gave five talents to another, he gave two to another one to each according to his ability. And then he went away and he who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them. And he who made five talents more. And so also he who had two talents made two talents more. But he who received the one talent went and dug it in the ground and hid his master's money. Where do we think that kind of fits into this whole conversation of, of the things that the Lord has given us, recognizing he is definitely the one that has, has given us? And then what there, it would seem here there's some decisions that we can make on what we do with that. Well, I mean, it goes back to that verse in Exodus 35 where it says, going with a willing heart and you know seeking to use our skills for the Lord. We can also do the opposite and be like harden our heart. Like I think Moses kind of did that. He kind of hardened himself. And like I was saying, I limited what I wanted the Lord to do through me because I wasn't willing to go beyond my comfort zone. Thankfully, the Lord pushed me through that anyway. But man, I think you're going to miss out on such an abundant life that the Lord has for you. Like who knows where the Lord can take you through this thing he wants to do right now. This could lead to that, which could lead to this huge thing down the road. But if you're not willing to be used for the Lord in that way, one, you're never going to experience that abundant life that he has for you. But also, like, do you really want to quench the worship and glory that you're bringing to the Lord? Like, do you really want to smother that and not bring the biggest extent of glory to him possible? I think when you are not using your skills for the Lord, that you are missing out on an area of where you could be bringing him glory. And instead, I think you're glorifying yourself. Mm -hmm. You're You're kind of it's pride. I don't want to do this for the Lord. Whatever reason you have, if the Lord's calling you to it and you say no, then like you're bringing yourself glory in that. Yeah. You're you're putting yourself above, I think, what the Lord's calling you to. Yep. And it could be maybe even that you don't really like the talent mm -hmm. in your hand. You don't think you like what you feel like the Lord has gifted someone else in. And if I can't do that thing, then I'm just not going to do anything yeah. at all. Which again, that's that, you know, kind of that hardened heart definitely just some examination that needs to happen there because then you're not doing the thing just, again, out of pride or stubbornness, Yeah, but it, it's sin that's at the root of it on why you aren't doing that. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to things that we think are too small, and like you were saying, like, oh, you don't know what this could lead to or what this can lead to. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when people hear that, they're like, oh, because down the road, there must be something that's amazing and like billboards and lights right. and like it's going to be the most amazing experience but mm -hmm. as we've learned both of us very experientially often the things that we pictured on the thing that we were asking for the lord looked very different yeah i i love there's a story of a charles spurgeon the cook that his family had when he was a kid just her the cook and mm -hmm. she cooked their meals and but he spent a whole lot of time at her table and he talks about how he learned more theology that from this woman the mm -hmm. cook than any divinity school that he ever attended or anything like that and i thought about that because you know we can think of we're just sitting in our kitchen making stuff. We're just feeding people or, you know, we're just volunteering in the kids ministry at, at church or whatever. But what little Spurgeons are out there that we yeah. could be talking to. And, you know, I think of you and the young adults. 
you have no idea. Now, it's not necessarily you were just being obedient to the thing that the Lord asked you to do, mm-hmm. and you push through that. But we never know how the Lord is going to work His story in for them down yeah. the road. Yeah, totally. I mean, Becca Frost, who is sitting over here, was my person in the young adults, and she worked a lot of that in me. And so I don't know, the Lord just used her in a lot of ways in my life, where now I've been able to really benefit from that. And then the Lord's able to take those things that I learned from her, and I'm used, I'm able to bring them to the young adults now. And But you're so right. Like, if you're a mom and you've got high school students coming over, like, how can you be pouring out to them? Or, you know, do you have friends that they're just coming over to have a craft night with you? Like, how can you be pouring out the Lord during that? Like, there's who's sitting at your table? I mean, that's Mm -hmm. a a great way Mm -hmm. to say it is like, how can I be using that thing to talk about the Lord and to draw people closer and fill them up in that way too? Yeah. Well, I don't know what I could possibly add. This has been so encouraging for me. Any Any final scriptures or anything that you would add from the creative mind of Drew? No, like, I don't know. I think it's just so important for us to be willing to be who the Lord wants us to be and put aside who we want to be and who we see ourselves in our mind's eye. Like that might not be who the Lord is trying to create you to be. So just having that willing heart and being receptive to his spirit and walking in what he's calling you to do. Like that would be my little bit of advice. (laughs) Oh man. And his thoughts are so much greater than our thoughts, Mm -hmm. you know? ways are so much beyond ours. So trade in the thing that you think that this would be really cool, Lord, Mm -hmm. and ask the Lord if that's what he has with whatever is in your hand, but serve him wholeheartedly with it. Mm -hmm. I love it. Thank you so much, Drew. I really appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to the Devoted Podcast. We are a ministry of AV Creek Christian Fellowship in Westland, Oregon. For more resources, or if you need prayer or encouragement, send us an email at devotedpodcast at apcreek.com.